0: songs that you could know the whole song just from the first word somebody
1: oh. <laughs> yeah so that's what i said that's another one. the
0: other one was Yets yeah, bam
1: oh uh, what about this today
0: <laughs> that's a good one
1: that's wonderful right yeah, yeah. today's gonna, gonna be the day that they're gonna, gonna throw it back, back to you, you. <laughs> right Bye now oh. you should have somehow realized, realized what you, what you gotta, gotta do, do. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. Anyway, here's our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Right? Hello everyone
0: and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast. You're a one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week, with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine and I'm the director of faith formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego.
1: And I'm Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the youth minister.
0: And Jackie's not with us today. She is feeling under the weather, and I'm assuming she is under the weather because it's probably snowing in Japan. Oh. So, uh, hopefully she'll feel better next week, be with us next week. Um, but on this rainy day in San Diego, third, fourth rainy day in a row, I think.
1: I love
0: it. Yeah. It's good for the it's good for the earth. Uh, we Our will be earth. coming to you, just the two of us, the David and Maya show, on this week's episode of the faith to go podcast <laughs> um and before we get into our regular show before we get into our three points and our, go- our discussion about the gospel and those faith to go resources oh yes we are doing a throwback mm. throwback thursday
1: oh because we record this on thursday oh he's very clever you hear that <laughs> ladies and
0: gentlemen he's clever uh we are going to open the show with our favorite fun fact segment Where we combine two fun fact segments we've had on this show before. Fun facts about Japan, where we would ask Jackie about Japan fun facts. And fun facts about my son, George Tremaine, Mm -hmm. which we started when he was born six months ago. Wow. For one super fun fun fact segment, George Pan Venn diagram.
1: That's the Venn diagram is that they're fun.
0: Yes. Where we find similarities and never differences. Ever. There's none. Between the country of Japan and George Tremaine. Who is six months old tomorrow?
1: Wow! Yeah, that's what yeah. I was like. That's right. Very wow! What a guy!
0: So not only is it a throwback in that we are doing a George Pan to open the show, but it's a throwback because we are calling back to a previous Japan fun fact. Right? Let's, so, Maya, do you want to you want to throw out the Japan fun fact?
1: Yeah, let me pull out the the file, the archive. <laughs> let me dust it off. All right. So a few podcasts ago. Yeah. Right. I could not tell you when, but right. <laughs> Um, we stated that George and Japan were similar because watermelons in Japan uh, are grown in a box and they are square. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is to be; they're easier to ship and sell and cut. And yeah, they're grown in square boxes so that they will be molded into square watermelons. That's right. And what we had previously said, mm-hmm. and we'd like to add on to that because mm-hmm. it is even more applicable, is mm-hmm. we had said this is... This applies to George as well because he sleeps in a box. Yes. That you put him in.
0: Right. His first two and a half months, I think he slept in a little baby box,
1: like it's three like an two by act- two. Right. It's not box. cardboard box. It's like actually meant to be a box that he sleeps yeah, in. I it's don't know. It a sounds baby box. as I was saying it, it like you just put him the in a box, like no. put him in the living room in a box. The whole thing. Yeah. So but, how would you say this is similar, David? Why are we? Well, why am I dusting this file off? Funny, you I should bring this up
0: because. Uh, as you know, uh, the safest way for a baby to sleep is Mm. flat on their back with nothing else in their crib or box. Right. But George does not sleep in a box anymore, but he does sleep on his back. It's called, like, the Back to Sleep Campaign, and it's reduced sudden infant death syndrome uh, fatalities by, like, 50%. So it's been very effective in helping children sleep. But what it's also done is made it so a lot of babies have flat heads. The backs of their heads are flattened. Because oh. they spend so much time with pressure on the back of their head.
1: And their skulls are, like, softer.
0: Yeah, gro- their skulls are still growing and fusing together and things. So, uh, George has a flat back of his head, something called plagiocephaly, which is very common. And uh, so, this week, George was fitted and has been wearing his first and hopefully only baby box baby, no. baby helmet. Oh, so... So, every day... For 23 hours a day, George will, for the next 8 to 10 weeks, wear a helmet that is specially designed for his head to help his head grow into a more round shape. So it's like a helmet that leaves space in the parts that still need to grow to round out and then puts pressure on the parts that have already grown enough.
1: Because didn't you say that skulls grow in the area of least resistance? Yes. And watermelons That's true, also do so that.
0: both George's head and Japanese watermelons right are put into forms and grown in molds to have a specific shape as the outcome of their growth right, yeah, uh, so there you go, I think i mean i we're going to look to the judges, but I'm pretty confident in this one right. The judges are all nodding their very round heads, Yes. right but this is emphatically emphatically. <laughs> A similarity between the country of Japan and the six month old baby, George Tremaine. Right. So, congratulations, everyone. Congratulations to Japan. Congratulations to George. And his helmet. Everyone here listening gets a helmet. A, a baby helmet. A, a baby size helmet. So, congratulations, right. everyone.
1: Not fitted for your head.
0: Uh, make sure you uh, put those babies on their backs to sleep. And uh, thanks, everyone, for playing. We will be back next week with either a uh, listener question or a George Pan Venn diagram. If you want to send in a question, a comment, or a story from your week of faith discussions for us to answer or share on the podcast next week, feel free. We would love to hear from you. You can send those to faith2go, that's F-A-I-T-H-T-O-G-O, at stpaulcathedral.org, org. That's S T Paul S T P A U L C A T H E D R A L org, and we will share your story, comment, or question, and answer any questions you may have on next week's podcast. But now we're going to move to the gospel. So, uh, like every week, the Faith to Go resources, which you can find at www dot goorg org, are based on the gospel for this week, which is the Sunday. Of January twentieth, the second Sunday after Epiphany, and the Gospel is John two one through twelve Maya is going to read it, and then we are going to highlight three points from the Gospel.
1: On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, "They have no wine and Jesus said to her. Woman, what concern is that to you or to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone jars, stone water jars, for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that, he, that had become wine and did not know where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs, in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Boy, oh, boy.
0: Okay, so that is our gospel for this week. Uh, a pretty iconic story that I, I imagine most people have heard before, or at least heard reference to turning right. water into wine. Um,
1: I was at CVS. Where did come from? No, I wasn't at CVS. Sorry, I saw a photo on Facebook, so that's incorrect. I'm sorry. But it was, like, this photo where there's wine in the water section, oh. and someone was like, Jesus has been here. Yes. And I thought that was kind of funny. Interesting. I giggled.
0: Um, so... This comes pretty early on in John's Gospel. You know, John's Gospel is very different from the other three. The other three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are called synoptic, which means to be read together. Syn and optic. Oh, uh, like seen
1: together, right? Seen
0: together, s- yeah. Optic, like eyes. like op- Your optic optical nerve. Optical. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ophthalmologist. So, seen together, read together, uh, read with, like S-Y-N is like a... Like synthesis. Mean. Yeah. Synth. Together, yeah. yeah. So... Um, John is just a different, has a different pace. Has got different stories. Like this story is not in any of the other gospels.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it, it makes it very clear that like this is the first sign that Jesus does, and it happens pretty early on. And so all that's happened so far is that Jesus has been baptized and called disciples, and this is like the first thing like, after boom. doing that. Yeah, yeah. so it's, he's kind of right into it. And then right after this, Jesus is going and like cleansing the temple, like throwing over tables and throwing right. money changers out. He and went stuff. from
1: my hour has not come to yeah. flipping over tables yeah, real quick. Zero to 60. <laughs> right. That's, that's 60? That's not 100? <laughs> What's 100? Good point. Good point. Yeah.
0: Um, so anyway, <laughs> it's just, it's such an, as much as it's a story that I think a lot of us have heard a lot, it's still just so interesting and weird. You it's know, weird. It's, it's bizarre. And it's it has so odd. many different interesting dynamics going on. And so we're each going to, we are going to each highlight a point, and then we're going to have a third point for Jackie. So you'll you'll get three points no matter what. That's
1: the and, faith to go guarantee. <laughs> that's right.
0: <laughs> and so I'm going to start with um, the first point, and the first point I want to make about this gospel is just to take a. I, I think each of the points is going to take a bit of a closer look at some like specifics of the story, and just kind of like take it apart a little bit and examine three different different things. So. Mm-hmm. The one I want to talk about is the actual kind of like logistics of the miracle itself. Um, so it says we have this interesting exchange between Jesus and Mary, where where Mary's like, "There's no wine."
1: He's like, Jesus "And is, okay, <laughs> what does that so? have to do with
0: me?" and she's and he's she's like my my hour has not yet come and mary just like ignores him and turns <laughs> to the people there and says just do whatever he needs to do right. what, do Is whatever your mom he tells pushy? you to do and then he <laughs> not like and she this. walks away i'm assuming so there's <laughs> an interesting interaction there and then uh so jesus uh i think i think i always think of this story like oh jesus like took wine and turned it took water and turned it into wine and then, like they served it at the feast or at the at the wedding banquet, but that's not really what happened. So it's interesting to see what actually happens in the story. So it says that um, Jesus. Uh, so there were there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Okay. Jesus said to the servants, the people serving at the feast, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine, he did not know where it had come from. So if you hear, if you like listen to those different steps, Jesus doesn't ever actually touch the wine. Doesn't Which is we've do. always had this
1: impression that, yeah. that that's how it was. Well, I did at least.
0: Right. It like the, in terms of like the actual manual acts of this whole thing, like the servants, are the people serving are the only ones that actually do anything with their hands. It's not like Jesus, like, stops them and says, okay, now that the water is here... He doesn't say some words. He, like, lays his hands on it and turns into wine. So it's clear that Jesus has some agency in this process. So it's not that Jesus doesn't do anything, but it's also not that the the people that are doing this with him uh, don't have any agency either. So I think this is really cool to pay attention to because it kind of, to me, says that, yes, Jesus is like the catalyst for, for these kind of like beautiful miracles that, happening, that happen, for these amazing things that happen in our, in our lives and in the world. But Jesus doesn't do things alone. Like Jesus does things in community, even mm-hmm. this miracle, even this first sign this thing that John holds up as, like, kicking off his ministry. Right. That he wasn't entirely enthusiastic to do. Yeah. He includes other people in that. Mm. You know? And so, and he doesn't, he doesn't, like, it's not like you guys do the dirty work and then I'm going to do the cool part of blessing it. It's like, in the dirty work, in the actual doing of the acts, the water is turned into wine. Mm -hmm. It's almost like it couldn't have been done without all of them working together. Right. And so it's this really cool nod to the fact that Jesus, it it indicates to me that Jesus is always including people in his ministry and that we are all implicated and included in that ministry. Mm -hmm. And these people that are with him are his hands and feet. They're like doing the work with right. him, not for him, not instead of him. He's not doing it for them. It's like they're all doing it together. Right. And so I think that's just like a really cool detail that I often look over, and I really appreciated uh, when I read it today. Right. And so it's yeah.
1: teamwork makes the dream work, and <laughs> teamwork makes the kingdom of God work. Yes. Yeah. And Get gets that on a bumper sticker. Wine
0: they need for the bank. More importantly, no. Yeah. <laughs> Oy. Yeah, it's like, yes, the kingdom, right, the kingdom of heaven, like living in the kingdom of heaven is not like waiting for some magical land to come. No. It's like living in communion with other people and recognizing that we all are working together to bring it about. We can't bring it about ourselves. No. We can't wait for Jesus to bring it about. Right. And Jesus is not going to wait for us to bring it about. It's like we're all working He's like, so together, we're going to do this or? You know? <laughs> yeah. You're like I have that, there's that, there's that, um, there is that collect in morning prayer mm. in the Book of Common Prayer that says Jesus stretched out his arms on the hardwood of the cross to like yeah. welcome all people in. You know, it's like that image of like Jesus on the cross with his arms out as like an embrace and in, in, into his saving embrace. You know, it's like that is what that is the posture we're all called to do to to have. You know, is like to be arms open and like bringing people in together. Right. You know. So I love how he does that in this miracle story.
1: So building off of that, my point was kind of, after examining the dynamics of this miracle, I wanted to think more about the people that had performed it, uh, or helped perform it, were the servants. And what really kind of brought this about, me thinking about this, was the really bizarre... To me, extremely bizarre that if I was just there, I don't know if this was a movie, I'd be like this is really poorly written, frankly, <laughs> <laughs> but it's basically when the servers bring the wine that become water that had become wine to the chief steward and he just doesn't doesn't say anything to them and they, they didn't know where it came from, but the stewards knew I think he just automatically turned around and went to the bridegroom mm. and it's like, I'm pretty sure. I mean, if we think about maybe how the conduct that was maybe perhaps expected of them, they wouldn't have spoken out of turn Mm. and told them readily where it had come from. But I'm sure if they had been asked, they would have said it. Mm. They weren't trying to keep it a secret. Mm. So, one would think. And so I think it just says no one asked them Mm. where it had come from. Mm. He just had automatically assumed, oh, you brought out the good wine last and then seen it's like really bizarre to me. I was like, that's where it ended. And that he just assumed it was the bridegroom who had brought it. And I think it says something about that God works through the people and in the places and at the times where we least expect it. Yeah. That it happens right under our noses. Mm-hmm. That it could be very easily overlooked unless we ask those questions or are readily observant of those dynamics and those people. Um, working to bring that about, yeah, I and think is really indicative of that.
0: And in this story, Jesus doesn't go out to the middle of the party and say, "Hey, all you like rich people at this wedding, all you wedding guests, come help me right. do th- make this wine." For this phase wine. of the inter- yeah, he, this like, is our entertainment. In, he does it behind the scenes, like in the back. No one ever sees him, mm-hmm. and no one ever sees him do anything. And not only that, but they don't even think to ask those people that they would least expect to have helped with this Any part in it, yeah. Yeah, and that kind of gets to the third point we want to make, which we'll call Jackie's point. (laughs) Right. Jackie's point. And that's that um, hope she likes it. That is that thinking about this interaction between the two of them, he says uh, at the end um, everyone serves the good wine first and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. So, it's it's interesting because it's like the the writer of this story seems to be going to pretty great lengths to make clear the abundance and the abundance and quality of the offering that Jesus has right. made. Because like, we looked of this the up, miracle. Yes, we
1: looked up exactly. <laughs> how much wine was in these things. Because the word <laughs> gallons, yeah. well, it was what, like meteros meet, or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's like about 8.7 gallons. Yeah. So how many, what was the, what were the numbers, So David? it says,
0: so, right, so we, it says here, um,
1: Twenty. they 30. filled up
0: six stone water jars for the Jewish rite of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Okay, so if we go by those numbers, that's 180 gallons. Which, if you use, like, a bottle of wine as a reference, that's 750 milliliters, we figured out that it would be 900 bottles of wine.
1: 908. 908 bottles of wine. That's... That's a right. lot. I mean, and when we were thinking about this, I very much felt like the Julia Roberts meme in A Beautiful Mind, where she's just looking around and all the numbers are swirling <laughs> around her. But then it ultimately came to be that wow, that's just a lot of wine.
0: Like yeah, because it even says it, it makes it pretty clear. Like he didn't just say fill, put some water in those. He says Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim
1: right so, and that there were 6 and that they yeah. could fill he was very specific on the numbers and the capacity mm-hmm. yeah yeah
0: so this is a lot of wine and oh. a lot of very good wine like they're blown away by how good the bottles. wine is they're saying it's not only good it's the best wine that has been at the party this year right far. so i think that's just a cool idea to recognize as like even even i think to me the 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 cool thing about it is that Jesus is doing, it seems that Jesus is doing something he doesn't really want to do.
1: He's so extra. He
0: seems to be doing something that even he has deemed kind of like um, unimportant and not worth his time. Yet he does it anyway. He does it, and and so maybe the maybe it's not so much that as the fact that even in the smallest things, even in the smallest ways we interact with Jesus in our lives, even in the smallest miracles and smallest times of our lives, like that thing you kind of said about the least of the places and the times mm-hmm. and the things, we are getting like we Jesus is overflowing in abundance and quality mm-hmm. in those even the smallest of places, and it's like our it's like our vocation to continue to like, to be increasingly aware of where that abundance is and like being thankful for it and grateful for it and practicing that awareness and that growing in being able to see it in the smallest and smallest and most insignificant places. Like this is like, in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of this gospel, where this gospel is going to end oh, yeah, with where a it's death end, and yeah. a resurrection of a human being, right? With multiple resurrections of human beings, right? Like this is the first one that kicks off the whole thing, right? And Let's it's go, this, like Mary turning and saying, "Hey, they're out of wine.
1: <laughs> yeah, do something at about a wedding. It. Like we've you know, been and there. So <laughs> we've that's that. the
0: paradox to me about this. Is it's like so odd that this is the first one, right? This if you're is really the, what kicks the whole right. thing
1: off. And then, and then, yeah, it, it is really bizarre. I feel like it says something about our vocation as well, mm. because when we are called to be like Jesus and I think, I think the most trans, some of the most transformational things that have ever been said or done by people in my life, I don't think they remember what they mm. did or yeah. they didn't even, or when I told them about it, they're like, oh, I did that. Yeah. Or they might've been people I didn't even know that have no recollection or no care as mm-hmm. to what they have done, but it means the absolute world to me. Right. And I think it shows that even in the smallest things that we might deem kind of mm-hmm. um, insignificant or small, I mean, this was literally, okay, this was actually a lot of wine, like objectively mm-hmm. a lot of wine. But I think it says something that in our lives, when we give, even in like those smallest of ways, and right. that could be physical or emotional or kindness and joy and justice, it, the repercussions can be a lot, bigger than we could ever right. imagine
0: and that this thing is included in this grand scheme right it's like that that jesus's relationship with us and with the world and God's relationship with us and the world includes everything from the most mundane to the most right. breathtaking of things um so we've got three things and number one was about the the participatory nature of the way jesus moves in the world number two was uh, maya's point which was about finding <clears throat> finding these miracles of Jesus in, like, the least likely places consider- concerning, like, the least likely people. And number three was the bounty and quality of all of the interactions that we have with Jesus and, like, the bounty and quality of Jesus' ministry and, and what it continues to be. And that that ministry includes both the biggest, grandest things and the smallest, most minute things that may happen to us. So, having heard that discussion, Maya is going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything new this time through.
1: On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now, standing there, there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill up the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine, and did not know where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine, after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs, in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him.
0: All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. That's uh, our episode for this week, the week of January 20th, Epiphany 2, or the second Sunday after Epiphany. Uh, we will be back next week on January 27th with the third Sunday after Epiphany. Uh, make sure to go check out all of those faith to go resources at www.myfaith2go.org. Make sure to rate and review this podcast to help other people find it. Uh, You can also send us a question or comment or story from your week of faith discussions to faith2go at stpaulcathedral.org. And make sure to go check us out on Instagram at faith2go. We uh, will look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks for listening. And until then, say goodbye. Bye.